superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 77-63 Wisconsin. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, we've got a dust-up right now. Jawan Howard and Greg Gard, we're going nose-to-nose. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Yo, Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrub. The Rich Eisen Show. I didn't like the timeout being called. Today's guest, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer, ESPN college basketball analyst, Jay Billis, plus Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee, Dick Vermeil. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host back here in the chair, tanned and rested, but more tanned than rested, to be very honest with you. <laughs> and and rested. Uh, good to see everybody. Good What's to see up, uh, all, one and all here on this busy Monday. A very special thank you to my lovely wife, Susie Schuster, for sitting in this chair on Thursday and Friday. Marshall Falk on Thursday. Kara Henderson Sneed on Friday. Felt like I hadn't uh, I hadn't left. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen. And Charles Barkley <laughs> called in, Shaq called in, Jerry West called in, and um, so it was terrific, and Susie was great, and I appreciate all you guys for helping hold down the fort as well, yeah. and you guys being Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo, good to see you, gents, TJ up? Jefferson, how are you? Light the candle, sir. Well, Rich, I'm just going to tell you this, you're about two Mai Tais away from being Wally Pipped by your own wife uh, on I understand your own that. show, I'm just going to say I that I appreciate you, you saying that, um, and I greatly appreciate that, and the Mai Tais are, are, are especially appreciated. Um, So, uh, lots going on in the world of sports. Um, Yesterday, um, the NBA held their All-Star Game, 75th anniversary uh, all-time team. Um, The NBA 75. Um, Chris Paul playing in an All-Star Game, but he's out for the next six to eight weeks for his actual team. What was that? Um, There was a lot going on over the weekend with the dunk contest, uh, three-point contest. Also, it looks like there's a uh, potential boycott of the uh, combine coming, the NFL scouting combine coming. And then uh, um, in college basketball, Wisconsin beat Michigan. And then... Uh, at- <laughs> Is, there was more to that story. It seemed like there was other things that happened. Oh, yeah, I forgot the final score. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. All right, let's jump into it. My, right off my, the bat. Your tweet was pretty funny. What, what was his tweet? Michigan is now a boxing school. <laughs> <laughs> boxing school. Great. Yeah. That's great. Pretty good, Mike. You still, you still, you still, you still, you still lost in in 1989, Mike. Regardless of all that, we didn't box. So didn't have enough hooligans on your team, Mike. Look, 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 look. Let me just jump right into this right off the bat. 
because I know you're a Michigan guy and all that business. I'm a Michigan guy, and people want to know maybe what I think. And if you don't, here it comes anyway. But thanks for watching the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Jawan Howard shouldn't have thrown anything. Shouldn't throw the punch. And I know there's so many other conversations coming out of it. You know, Michigan shouldn't have trapped because if they hadn't trapped uh, at the end of a game where it was all over, then Wisconsin wouldn't have called a timeout. And Wisconsin didn't really need to call a timeout, so they shouldn't have called a timeout, but they did anyway. Pissed off Jawan Howard. But the only reason why Jawan Howard is pissed is because he trapped anyway. And so the trap actually forced the timeout. And then, uh, you know, then then comes the conversation uh, um, on the handshake line. And uh, Jawan Howard was stopped. He actually got touched by Coach Greg Gard, who shouldn't have touched him, but he was trying to actually explain something to him even though it's a handshake line and Juwan had no intention talking to him didn't want to hear from him and he got touched by Greg Gard and then that set things off and then so on and so forth doesn't matter none of what I just said matters when a head coach throws a punch or a hand or an open hand slap whatever you want to call it a slap or is an, a mush I've a seen mush, so many yeah. other ways to describe punch, it. Though, he shouldn't yeah. have thrown a hand my coach should not be throwing hands any coach should not be throwing hands that's the end of it. And then, you know, anybody who throws a hand and then makes excuses for throwing the hand makes it worse. This was my coach, Jawan Howard, after the game yesterday. Everybody's seen it. We talked about it. You've heard nonstop shows talking about it. And we're doing it now, too, because this is fodder for uh, our sports world. And it is a, a part of a, a conversation writ large about civility in the world and what we expect of our leadership. This was Jawan Howard afterwards. I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest with you. I thought it was you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being a large lead. Uh, and then for it to have the timeout uh, be called with three seconds, four seconds to go, um, you know, I thought that that was you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys, and so that's, that's what happened. You know, I addressed with uh, the head coach that uh, I will remember that <laughs> because of that timeout, and uh, for someone to touch me, and I think that was very uncalled for for him to touch me as we were verbalizing and communicating with one another. So uh, that's what ended up happening, and that's what escalated it. What, 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 all I want to say is this, you can't throw a hand. Kids are all around there. What if he had hit? What if his hand had hit a kid? No, it's Woody Hayes, and then it's over. Then, then it's over, and I don't think it should be over. I don't want it to be over. How does that sound? I'm a Michigan alum. I know what this guy um, has done for my school. I know who he is. I know what he stands for. I know everything about Juwan Howard, and I know he went after the Maryland coach last year. And this isn't the first time, and that stinks. This is not what Michigan sports should be about. It's not what any sport should be about i don't want him fired okay i don't want this program to be upended by this mistake that he has is my in my opinion has earned the right to have a suspension and not a firing i've seen so many people say this is a fireable offense uh, and you're like well it could have hit a kid and then you'd fire him because that's that that would then boil it down to just the punch or the hand, or the mush, or the slap, or whatever you want to call it. But when there's a bunch of kids right around you, and I understand heat of the moment, and part, somebody put their hands on him, 
but you're still the head coach of the University of Michigan's college basketball team. And you can't throw a hand. So a suspension is forthcoming, and it's going to come, I guess, before Wednesday because that's Michigan's next game. And I understand this is a frustrating season for my team, man. You know, last year we made it deep into the tournament. That game against UCLA was dynamite. You know, it was a little hard on the eyes in terms of uh, lack of scoring. But the fact that Jawan Howard can coach and he can coach this team and he knows he's proven he can be a big-time coach in this league, but he's got an anger issue with other coaches that I think is a problem. And this is not the way our program should be talked about. And he knows that. There's no question he knows that. And And the fact that Wisconsin was putting the bang thing on Michigan that can't seem to get some sort of traction like previous years, it's got to be frustrating. And then the head coach who called a timeout with a few seconds to go because, as Greg Gard said, he didn't want to put his backups in a position where they would turn the ball over because he's put his backups in. Michigan's kept their starters in and they're pressing. So he called a timeout with a few seconds to go. And that pissed Jawan Howard off. And Jawan Howard had no intention of talking to this man. And this guy stopped him. And then that led to Juwan sticking his finger in, in Greg Gard's face saying, I'll remember this. And Gard had every right to basically say, well, then why the hell did you press with a few <laughs> seconds to go? Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I don't call timeout if you don't press. And again, these are, you hear the parsing of, well, you know, Greg Gard escalated it by not letting Juwan walk by. That's true. But the ultimate escalation is the throwing of a hand by a head coach of a big-time college basketball program that's just, as the athletic director, Ward Manuel, said, not acceptable. So what is acceptable? I, I, I would proffer to say in a suspension for the rest of the season. Michigan players are now in line for getting suspended because they were ending up throwing punches to try and defend their head coach, which I don't blame them for doing. Yeah. You know, kids are now in the process of, of being held accountable for the actions of grown men, including the assistant coach of Wisconsin. These are supposed to be the adults in the room. So, I, I don't want Jawan Howard fired. I, I didn't sit there for a single second and think this is untenable and that we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube and that, that this guy can't still be the head coach of the University of Michigan because there are decades, decades of meritorious service in support of the school as well as communities that Jawan Howard has touched. Those are my two cents on this. I don't want him fired. I want him back and I want him to still be the head coach of this team and I want him to learn from this experience and he could sit there and go, I'm a grown-ass man. I've learned... All I need to know is don't call timeout on me and don't put hands on me when I'm trying to walk past you. And that actually just totally abdicates the fact that he threw a hand in the middle of a bunch of kids around him. And they're grown men too, but we call them kids because they are in relation to the age of Jawan Howard and Greg Gard and his staff. So. What say you? 844-204-RICH, number to dial. And... um, It was embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the school. It's embarrassing for the program. It's embarrassing for everybody in Maize and Blue. I can't deny that. 
It's the last thing I want. I was so looking forward to maybe Michigan making a nice little run and making the tournament here. They're staring down the NIT right in the face. And, you know, I just wish in a way Craig Card would have basically said, let's talk later on and did not put hands on Juwan. But that doesn't abdicate Juwan Howard from throwing a punch, man. Or slap or what have you. I'm wondering if this is a different school, a different player. Do I have a different opinion? No, I'm wondering if the outcry for firing would be different or if he was a white coach. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Christopher. It doesn't matter if you what you are or who you are when well, it comes it, to being it, a coach, but, but it, it does, does in terms of, for me, at the school, yeah. this is one of the fab five. This is one of the fab five. And when you have a family and somebody in the family has a problem moment, you don't excommunicate them. I'm you not know, even, I don't unless even it's mean something you, that I, it's a high crime. And, and this is something that for a head coach, you can't do. Thank God he didn't really connect. And thank God he didn't hit a, a player. You know? I don't mean for you personally. I just mean kind of in general for the college basketball oh, I just and, think, and the sports world. If this was a not Jawan Howard. Yeah, but, somebody wasn't a famous college basketball yeah, exactly, player and a famous exactly. NBA player. And, you know, I, I, I personally not don't. Not a famous program like Michigan. I don't think race has anything to do with it. Bob Knight put his hand on his own son's neck. You know, and he was practice, doing. A, that was a practice video that got leaked. That's true. I'm just saying that Bob Knight did many, many things from his position that we yep, talked about. And it cost him his job. And it did cost him his job because he put his hand on a player. 24 years of buildup finally cost him I, his I, job. I, again, I don't yeah. want you. I'm sitting here as a Michigan guy, and I said everything I just said, and I don't want the man fired. I don't want him fired. I don't think this is a fireable offense for Jawan Howard at the University of Michigan. And we'll see what the Big Ten does first and see what Michigan does on top of it. Although I think Michigan should act first, personally. Yeah, they should act today. I mean, you can't, can't wait on this. They have till Wednesday. <laughs> and then we'll see what Michigan can do. Maybe they can rally around the coach not being there and make a run and see, you know, do you allow J- Jawan back for any postseason play? I say you suspend him for the rest of the regular season. That's my two cents. How many games are left in the regular season? Five. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking that's a lot. I was thinking like ten, but five is, you know, that's not And if you want, you could suspend him for the Big Ten tournament too. Yeah, which could be. I mean, mean, you could do that too. Uh, Again, a head coach with pushing and shoving, and you could say, well, they started it because they called a timeout that pissed us off, and they, they could say, well, you didn't have to trap, did you? And then you could say, you know, he came at me in the, uh, on the line and I knew this was confrontational and I was ready to walk past him. I wasn't going to stop him. I didn't go seek him out. He's the one who came to me. And when I'm trying to walk past him, he's like, hang on a minute and put his hands on me. And that pissed me off. Well, then you need to be the bigger man around a bunch of other players and not throw a hand. But I love the guy. He's part of the Michigan family, and I don't want him fired for it. How about this? The third time could be the last strike. And I know somebody was saying to me that it's happened another time before. That escapes me. I don't know when that was. 
With Juwan? Yeah. Oh. I remember it was Maryland last year. He got kicked out of a Big Ten game in the tournament. Can't keep happening. Yeah, you got to have the right temperament for this. So that's my two cents on this. Later on, I want to talk about the handshake line because that's now been discussed. Like, maybe we shouldn't have that anymore. We can discuss all of it with you. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial here on this President's Day Monday. Uh, Albert Breer is going to join us next. Um, my colleague from Sports Illustrated, because the Combine, apparently, a <laughs> bunch of agents are saying that the Combine um, is uh, needs to be boycotted because of a very tight COVID seal being placed around the players. Um, and uh, I have a couple of cents on that. Um, and Albert's going to join us on that quarterback carousel I was talking about before I, I tapped out for a couple days last week. It's coming. Jay Billis to discuss everything that we just talked about. Okay. Um, in hour number two, the, uh, the conscience of NCAA uh, sports, college sports. Jay Billis. Should be their grand poobah. Okay. <laughs> He's going to join us in hour two. And in hour three, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick Vermeil is going to tell us the time where uh, he was once shaking hands with Chuck Knox and just cold cocked him, man. Just knocked him straight <laughs> out. I was like, where are you going with Chuck Knox? <laughs> oh, the, the infamous Knox. I don't know. Is it too soon? Is it too soon? I do believe Should we call a... that timeout, Chuck? <laughs> you just, you just threw knocked a pa- You threw out. a pass in the fourth quarter. Just knocked Chuck Knox right on his ass. You were up 16 with 10 seconds left in the fourth. Who would win? <laughs> hold on a, a second. Chuck Knox. Hold on. Marv let one hold time on, that Marv on. Levy and him went right at it. 80s coaches battle royal. Buddy Ryan. Who wins? Buddy Ryan. But is Buddy that. Ryan wasn't very tall. Yeah, but he was scrappy though, dog. He's like he was he was that little dude. Buddy Ryan seems the type like he would guys, bite you. He would do the kneecap bite. Guys, you. never forget how scrappy Marion Campbell could be. <laughs> Marion Campbell. Yeah. You got to throw Dick in the mix. Joe Walton. You know? Dick, I think, is our winner. 85 Dicka. 85 Dicka takes everyone in a in a Royal Rumble. Now you guys sound like the Swirsky brothers. Yeah. Hey. Hurricane Ditka versus Mike yeah. Ditka. All right. We're taking a break. Macho man Mike Ditka. We're taking a break right yeah. here on the Rich Eisen Show. Albert Breer, yeah. when we come back, Dick Vermeil actually, Talking is going to be in hour number three. Yeah. He is uh, in Pro Football Hall of Famer, Dick Vermeil. And a fantastic vintner in his own right. We'll talk about Vermeil Wines and Dick with Dick Vermeil and so much more. Oh, by the way, there's an overreaction. Monday. Yeah, I have some stories from my a couple days away. I think you guys will get a kick out of it. I don't think Chris oh, wants to hear those, Rich. And, and there's an incredible there's an incredible story <laughs> I showed up today. from the Olympics that I gotta uh, I've gotta bring uh, your way. Oh goodness. It's definitely something you guys have not heard. Um, and uh, it's gonna be something I think um, uh, that could go viral. I'm not going to lie, conversation <laughs> that I'm a little bit nervous about even bringing up to you guys. Oh, goodness. That's all coming up here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH. Be in the old number to dial. Before we go, I want to talk to you about Callaway Rogue. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more uh, speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. In other words, if you need a little bit of help off the tee, 
this is your stick. And I do. It's so good because it's just the beginning. Callaway's engineered a rogue ST for every player. Most golfers fit into the Max because of that incredible combination of distance and forgiveness I was telling you about. But there's the Max D for more shot shape correction. You need something more low spin. There's Max LS. Gives you stronger trajectory, more neutral ball flight. But for the true players out there, there's the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS. Compact, low spin head that the tour players love. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed, people. So all you have to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. Albert Breer, when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to <laughs> dial for our terrestrial radio <laughs> listeners. Boy, did you just miss something. All right. Uh, he's uh, Funny, the original title for 16 Candles was... No, nah, stop. All right. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Albert Breer? Yeah, there's a lot of bad math out there for you guys. I mean, I, like I was, I think, three or four months, three or four weeks old for the Miracle on Ice. So that one's a natural for me. And then... Um, I, I have played that game. I think it was Brockman that you were saying, like where you play the this movie is this old. Yes, yeah. Now go and backwards. Then, yeah, and then that movie was that old back then. You know, like yeah. and that's a really dangerous game to play. That'll make you feel ancient. I know. I can't believe I can't believe old school is nineteen years 19 old. Nineteen years not. old. I saw that in the commercial break. I'm like, I cannot believe old school is almost a twenty year old movie. Because that nuts. I mean, like, and I I actually like you know what I was immediately thinking was. Now am I older than the than the guys in old school? I think I am, right? Like, because I think those guys were supposed to be in their thirties, right? Is that right? Oh or, yeah. Oh yeah. We're all older than them now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so yeah, it's pretty depressing. <sighs> okay, Albert. Let's jump into this with both feet. What is going on with the combine? 
right now because that's supposed that's going down. I'm 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 at the combine sure. a week from tomorrow, getting ready to call that thing on NFL Network. Am I going to have uh, 180 fewer people to uh, to discuss on NFL Network? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, Rich, because I, I think what the I, there are a couple things that the players are taking issue with here, and and to be honest, like I, I've talked to some teams too that that aren't happy about it. Um, and, and, and really, like, what a lot of this is about is notice. You know, like, that the players are finding out about this a week ahead of time. Um, you know, they're really upset about it. Like, and the agents are upset about it. And so uh, the biggest issue really is that, you know, for two, three months, every one of these prospects, the top guys, the guys who are invited to Indianapolis, have these teams of people around them, right? Like, so you have your nutritionist, you have your strength coach, you have your speed coach, you have all of these different guys. And the big agencies bring those guys to Indianapolis so they can continue to work with those guys um, while they're going through the combine. And, and you and I have seen this for years. I mean, like, you know, in the convention center, you'll see, you know, a guy late at night working on his starts with his speed coach in the hallways of the convention center getting ready to run the 40 the next day. You know, like that's a common sight. And so, like, you know, basically what the, what the bubble is going to do to these kids is it's going to remove them from that environment they've been in for the last two or three months by taking all these specialists that they've hired away from them. And I think that that's a huge problem. The nutrition part of it's a huge problem. Um, you know, and I, I just think, like, a lot of the, the, the agents and, and the players themselves feel like they're not being, in a posi- being put in a position to perform at the highest level, and they're being put in this position with almost no notice. And so I think that's why it's going the way it's going. Um, and you have uh, a, a handful of power broker agents that um, represent you know, a relatively large percentage of the players threatening to pull their guys out. And, and I think the question is going to become, I mean, like what? Like your Aiden Hutchinson's, your Evan Neal's, your Kayvon Thibodeau's, those guys can probably just unilaterally decide I'm not going and it probably won't affect them much. You know, the, the guys who are put in a real difficult position, I'd say, are like the second, third, fourth-round picks who have really have something to lose or gain. Um, and that's where I think these kids are in a really, really difficult position. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the league does to, 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 to work through this. Um, but I will say this, you know, a lot of, I, more than one team's pointed out to me the hypocrisy in the NFL lifting so many restrictions so he could get the Super Bowl played get doubling back here and putting a lot of those restrictions on kids that really don't have any power to fight it outside of this potential boycott. You know, the interesting thing is, is this is um, part and parcel of the combine becoming a bigger televised event is that now there's more and more people who are, who are in the world of getting players and prospects ready for the combine. And, um, and it's a, a cottage industry now yeah right and so players and agents are now used to having a certain way to prepare for it and um if that's being denied these players then maybe they'll just wait for their pro days and not go to the combine or just only do the the medical part of it which i think they're having a problem with as well walk me through that do all 32 teams have their specific team doc so so literally a a prospect goes through 32 medical evaluations at at the combine that still happens it doesn't quite happen that way but there are i mean they do get they they do and i i've written about this before and i just i'm drawing a blank on the exacts but you know 
it works in pools and everybody's got a chance, but team doctors have a chance to right. talk to the kids. And so uh, like some of it is definitely pooled. They're not going through 32 physicals. Um, but you know, like they'll get in a room and there'll be, I, I think the number is something like six or seven team doctors there that are sort of working as like a, uh, like almost like pool reporters right. on what's happening. And then that information shared. So yeah, the 30, I mean, that's, and, and I think you and I both know this, Rich, like that's the most important part to the teams, right? Like is the medical information. And that was the biggest thing last year was making sure that there was access to the medical information. Um, you know, the stuff that, 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 that we all hype up, you know, us at you know, Sports Illustrated, you guys certainly at NFL Network, the, the 40, the bench. I mean, that's sort of down the list um, for the teams. What the teams really want is the medical information and then the interviews, you know. Um, and so if, you know, like players aren't going to go through some of that, that's a real problem for, for, for each of the teams. Um, you know, and then, you know, you'd be talking about getting into the spring when you have an opportunity to bring in guys for visits. And now all of a sudden, you know, like the, 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 the individual visits would become very, very important. And teams would have to be, I mean, real calculating about who they bring into their building to, to do those visits because, you know, those visits are where you can get the individual physicals with the individual players. Albert Breer, the MMQB here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, and the new league, everything is so condensed now because that extra yep. week, I'm beginning to feel it for the first time. Normally, it's a, a bit of a while between uh, uh, the end of the Super Bowl and the Combine, and then um, and then the Combine to the new league year. But now we're we're on and cracking, and I know that there's there's no you know everyone feels it's the downtime or a down period. But this is when Rogers is going to supposedly start making a decision. This is when we yeah. will maybe hear more about what's going on with Kyler Murray. Let's let's take both of those right now, since those are the linchpins in a way of the just how crazy this quarterback carousel might spin over the next month. Albert. Yeah, I mean the key the key day really is March 16th, which is the start of the league year, the start of free agency and that's when um you know teams plans start to crystallize. And so like that's the I mean that's the really important checkpoint. That said, I think we we both know that there can be a domino effect, you know, and one quarterback comes off the market and then, you know, like that could lead to another team saying, okay, like, well, now we got to make our move for our last year. You know, Matthew Stafford, that deal wasn't executed until the middle of March, the beginning of the league year, but it was agreed to before the Super Bowl. And the Carson Wentz deal, I believe, was already done at this juncture in the calendar last year as well. And so, you know, it's going to sort of be where's the first domino? And it just feels to me like Rogers is going to be the first domino. Now, I, here's how you want to look at this. Yeah, I really feel like the personal part of the relationship between Rodgers and the Packers has been taken care of and is in a much better place than it was last year. You know, he publicly thanked Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, the two guys he had the biggest problems with last year in his MVP speech. And I know the Packers feel like the personal issue that Rodgers had with them is, in a, is, 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 if not gone, in a much better place than it was last year. And I think, you know, if you look the way it went last year, I mean, there was a period, um, I mean, I hate to use the kids' term ghosted, but there was a period of a month or two there where the Packers literally couldn't get a hold of Aaron Rodgers. So they're not there anymore. I think now what it's going to come down to with Rodgers is the professional part of it. Can they convince Aaron Rodgers that they'll be able to manage their cap issue? They're about $40 million over, project to be that far over, um, and put the same sort of team around him they've put around him over Matt LaFleur's first three years. So that I think they've eliminated the personal issue, and now it's going to come down to whether or not Aaron Rodgers thinks the best thing for him professionally 
is to be in Green Bay. So then before so before before we jump to Kyler, I mean, so the Jordan Love, we've got to get him in there because we drafted him and we're going to it's it the clock is ticking and we absolutely need to know who we have in him. That's done. Two back back to back MVPs have have effectively neutralized the drafting of Jordan Love. Yeah. you believe? Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, I I think the the way you want to look at it, it's similar to um, Brady and Garoppolo in New England. You know, where where Brady just basically kept beating Garoppolo out. You know, and 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 look like I think that was the first quarterback Bill took in New England, where the intention was this is going to be Brady's successor. And Brady was just so good over the period of time they had Garoppolo on a rookie contract that the timing didn't work. And so they wind up trading Garoppolo to San Francisco. It wasn't that they didn't like Jimmy. They thought Jimmy could be their starting quarterback. Um, it was just that the timing didn't work because Brady was able to sustain success. And I think the same sort of thing is playing out now in Green Bay. So, yeah, I mean, my guess would be, I mean, I think they'd be. I think if they can find a way to keep Rodgers, based on the you know state of their roster, how many guys mm. they have in the prime of their careers, like yeah, I think they'd be all ears if teams started to call and made offers on Jordan Love. I think that's the point they're probably at. Now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to Kyler Murray. What? But again, like I want to emphasize when I say sure. that, like that's contingent on Rodgers. Of course. Being, no, I know, know that it takes two to tango. But the fact yeah. was it that there was. No tango, as you pointed out. There was no dance. Right. There was no nothing because there was Jordan Love there. And the fact that that uh, that's no longer the come heck or high water uh, approach by the, the Packers when it comes to Rodgers, that it's okay. I guess you proved us wrong with the back-to-back MVPs. We're going yeah. to stick with the program. If you're willing right. to stick with it, then that's a and change. I, that's a definite and a, shift. And there, there are some moving parts there, too. I mean, I, I think that that would be contingent on him signing an extension. You know, but if they sign him to, say, a you know, two-year, two $100 million extension, let's just throw that out there, and it's fully guaranteed, um, and that helps them manage their cap issue, well, then, like, then how does the timing work out with Jordan Love? You know, and that then you're basically saying Jordan Love's never going to start starting quarterback right. because his rookie deal is going to be up before Rodgers is out of his guaranteed money. Albert Bree here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's move on to Murray. What, 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 what's, what the hell, man? I mean, uh, what's yeah. happening? I guess it's quiet now, but quiet always means something's up. That always means something's up. Yeah, and I think it's um, sort of I, you know where where you are with these young quarterbacks, and you know when they're on their rookie deals, and you know really you know the first kind of critical point is after year three. That's when they're eligible for a new new deal. That's when you know the team has to make a decision on the fifth year option, which is obviously a big deal now because those are fully guaranteed. Now they weren't in the old CBA. Um, and so, you know, I think for the Cardinals, there was some stuff from a leadership standpoint that left them wanting, you know. And so I don't know if Kyler actually went to the Cardinals looking for an extension. Um, you know, but I, I do think that there's, you know, like a leadership question there and, and being the guy for them where, you know, you can ask that question and say, is, is he the guy that we're willing to pay 45 or $50 million a year for? And I don't know if they have that, that question answered yet. Maybe they want to see a little bit more over a fourth year. And if that's your answer there, well, then to me, I, I think it sort of brings up the, I mean, it, it certainly, it, to me, it would bring up the question of, you know, how is the player going to, accept, how is the player going to take that? And if you're Kyler Murray, you might not take that very well. So I think that's sort of where they are. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know how you work that out. You know, like a lot of times 
things get really awkward in year four. We saw with with Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, right? Like Cleveland didn't want to commit to Baker yet, and things definitely got pretty awkward in his fourth year there. Um, you know, I think if they're going to go forward with Kyle, and I don't have any indication that they aren't at this point, I think it could be a pretty awkward thing because, you know, this is, again, sort of the point where, um, you know, all players, but quarterbacks in particular, are looking for their, their big payday. And, and to be fair to Kyler, the history shows, I mean, you look at Goff and Wentz in the 16 class, Watson and Mahomes in the 17 class, Allen in the 18 class. Um, the, the guys that teams are really sure about, those guys get extended after year three. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, earlier on Monday, Kevin Colbert, the outgoing general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, talked to the media. He was asked what the, um, the signing of Brian Flores to be uh, the defensive assistant as well as uh, the, uh, what is it, the defensive assistant coach. And then there's linebackers coach asked, what does that, the uh, the hiring mean? He said, it means we hired an, uh, an excellent coach. So yeah. I'll ask you what it means, Albert. What does that I, mean? I think it's, I think it's a really good sign that Mike Tomlin's looking to inject new ideas into his building. Um, and, hi, and hey, again, like hiring a really good coach, you know, and I, and I think one of the things that flow will bring is a, a different set of eyes to the operation. Um, and I think Terrell Austin, the new um, defensive coordinator does that too with his Baltimore roots. Um, but what Brian Flores will do is sort of, I think, bring the idea that maybe they don't have to be the way they've always been. Pittsburgh's been defensively always the sort of team that um, will try to dictate terms to an offense. Whereas, you know, where Flores is coming from, the New England background is you change from week to week based on what your, op- your, your opponent does well and what your opponent's presenting you. And so I think, you know, in that way, um, Brian Flores is going to be able to bring a fresh set of ideas, a fresh set of eyes to everything Pittsburgh does. I think the Steelers will benefit from that. The other part of it that I really like is that just the talent development um, aspect of it. He was so good in New England as far as developing talent, both young and old. When he's a linebackers coach, I think Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower were at their best. When he was a safeties coach, he helped transition Devin McCourty from a corner to safety in a position that he wound up being all pro at, resurrected Patrick Chung's career, developed Ron Harmon. So that's the other part of it. It's going to be interesting to see what this means for younger players or even veteran players. You know, like guys like T.J. Watt, I think, will benefit from it. But then your younger guys, like your Devin Bush and your Minka Fitzpatrick, I think stand to, to, to really benefit from it as well. And then the lawsuit aspect of it, what about that? Well, the lawsuit aspect of it, I, I don't think – I know this. Brian Flores is a pretty principled guy, and my guess is that any sort of discussion of the lawsuit was broached by Mike Tomlin before this. And I think, you know, I can't imagine this is going to affect Brian Flores' stance on that because he is a principled guy. And, I mean, look, Rich, here's the thing, too. If there's one ownership family that's going to support him, you know, and this sort of thing, who is it? The Rooney family, right? So I don't think that that should be lost on anybody either. Well, I mean, uh, if there's an opportunity to put a GoPro uh, on Art Rooney walking into the owner's meeting when that happens in March and seeing Stephen Ross, I would pay for that. I'd pay for that right (laughs) now. You know, I mean, and, and seriously, like, okay, so you hire the guy that accuses me of tanking. You know, or right. giving him uh, six figures to tank. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I wonder how that's going to sit. You know, you know? The, here's what's interesting about it, though, Rich, is like 
I don't know if you noticed during the, the change of tone in the press conference um, from from Roger last week. I, I don't. I don't think. Like, and I've been covering the league 17 years. I can't remember him ever openly talking about ousting an owner, let alone like going into the process of it. You know what I mean? And you know whether you know that that affects Snyder or Ross or whoever else. Um, I definitely took note of the fact that that Roger was openly talking about what it would take to take a team away from an owner. Because I don't think that's something he would have done five or ten years ago. And and I think that tells you a little something about where things are in the ranks of owners now, where maybe there are some owners that aren't happy with the way other owners are operating. And, you know, maybe Roger feels like if it does come to the point where he does have to take out an owner, whether, again, it's a Snyder or a Ross or whoever, like maybe he actually has the support to do something like that. That's just my read on it. Like, again, like, reading the tea leaves and having done this as long as I have, I don't know anything concrete on it, like that he would have that support, but it just sort of feels that way based on the way he talked last week. Albert, thanks for the time. Sounds like you got your hands full too. Yeah, You're a good man. Yeah, vacation week, so uh, we're the- going to the Bruins game now, but, uh, and we, oh, really? we got caught in traffic, so the timing didn't work out great. But, we, but, but, but we made it work. I hope I was okay. You were great. You were great. You lit the lamp like I hope the Bruins will for you there and your you family. Go. There you go. Thank there you, you go. so much. Appreciate it, Albert. You're the best. And I didn't even bring up Joan Howard. So how about that? We're well, you're good. around kids. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't throw right, hands when you're around children. Okay. No, no, we're going to keep our hands to ourselves. No, I saw that you said Woody Hayes is off the hook as if that's in any way, shape, or form in the same area code. You know what's funny about that is how many people took that seriously. That tweet was, you know me, I was just messing around. You put it out there. You put it out there. I put it out there. I was obviously joking. I mean, this is something that happened in the 70s, and my God, the amount of people that thought I was serious about that is mind-blowing. Albert, there's no joking on Twitter. You, you're aware well, of but, this. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't apply Twitter to Albert like that. Albert, you have a reputation of being a troll. You know that. You I know was that. trolling. But at, least, ah. but, at least, but at least recognize that I'm trolling. I was, like Some people were acting like I was dead serious. You need a troll font. Serious. I was trolling. You need a troll font. Troll font. There needs to be a troll yeah. font. It, it could be like Comic Sans, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of which, we'll go. talk about Cleveland in the All-Star game very shortly. Absolutely. Thank you for the call, Albert. Thank you, sir. All right, thanks, Rich. That's Albert Breer heading to the Bruins be- game with his kids. There's fighting in hockey games, so maybe he was just oh, boy. getting ready. Oh, my gosh. Michigan's a boxing school now, says Mike Del Tufo. Well done. Good hockey school. <laughs> Who'd you see that on Twitter and you stole it from? I made that up on my own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 100%. And I didn't if I got it for Thank you very good. I did not steal it. Thank you very it. little. Okay. Uh, we'll be back on the Rich Eisen Show in a moment. I do want to hit before uh, Jay Billis joins us at the top of the next hour. The whole idea that we should now just do away with the handshake in college basketball between coaches and sides. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. 
It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 844-204-RICH, number to dial back here on the Rich Eisen Show. The silliest conversation coming out of what happened in Wisconsin where my coach threw a hand at an assistant uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers. The silliest conversation is maybe we should just do away with the handshake line. How about the handshake line should just be free of hand throwing? The only hand that is thrown is an extended hand to shake. That's it. And it's just like, but it allows two coaches who are hot under the collar to actually see one another in the in in the in the flow of a very emotional game. And I just hope that the coaches could just be above it. How about we just have a handshake line where there is no at all converse like this is not the place to hash out this timeout versus that press how about we just don't use that moment greg guard can just call Jawan later let him go past and call him like if you want to explain yourself later on do that in your press conference and do that on the phone how about that one Because there's way too many moments in our lives where civility is getting destroyed in our world. And the concept of extending a hand to somebody else despite all of the competitive juices that are flowing. That having people shake hands after the game. Because that is a tradition. I don't know who started it. I don't know why it exists. As you know, in the NBA, that does not exist. As you know, Phil Jackson used to be in the tunnel as soon as the buzzer sounded. I mean, that guy sometimes needed to unfold himself just to creak his way out of a chair (laughs) and then just amble around. But he always had some giddy-up getting out and just see ya. Gone. And then, you know, coaches wave or they don't even wave. They're just out and it's gone. And that's the way the NBA is. Now, should they institute a handshake and all that business? It's not part of the tradition. It never was. But in college basketball, it has been. Same thing in the NFL meeting at the, at the center. And that's been, as you know, ripe for problems. No, no, I mean, you know, people, you've people had arguments, giving, you know, what, you know what's your Brady deal? Grief for not shaking Nick Foles' hand, like, who cares? Well, I mean, that is something to have a conversation about. If he didn't shake a hand, if he feels bad or, or he feels angry or upset... You can criticize someone for that sort of thing, I guess. But to me, to me, don't just throw the whole concept of sportsmanship out because it got twisted and sent awry by two guys who couldn't control themselves, one in particular. Greg Gard, just dude, he clearly wants no piece of you. 
Let him go. Let him walk past. You want to explain something to him, do it another time. The handshake line where he clearly doesn't want to shake your hand, and it's obvious, just dap him up, touch up, don't even look at him, and you could say, well, what's the point of having it in the first place? Because it teaches something to the actual players in the competition. That's why. That's why. And it's something that's been there for a long time. Could you imagine it's just like we're not doing it anymore because Juwan threw a hand? Really? And that's one thing, too, I would like to have Juwan Howard when he does at some point say something that is a form of contrition, basically say that this sort of thing should be Stay, stay put. Still in, institutional, not institutionalized because people can't handle their cool. So let's stick with it. There's too much in this world that is becoming vastly uncivil. And this is something that is still 99.99% of the time very civil and even sometimes you know, looks like it's just a formality. But going through that formality, in my mind, is still better than just getting rid of it. I don't see how that makes any sense at all. Just provide yourself a little bit more chill. And head coaches who don't want to talk to the guy, keep trying to move. And the other head coach, read the room. He doesn't want to hear from you right now. Uh, I don't know about that. Read the room, man. Just let him go. Or and you want to say something later on, call him up, text him. Or shake his hand. Well, that's what he tried to do, I guess, and move on. 